0: Welcome back to One Winning Pod, where we're here to discuss the Ravens' defensive needs, the draft, players in it. But the Ravens said, guys, we're going to give you a little other piece of news. And he just got into town today. Social media was all over it. Odell Beckham Jr., OBJ, Alpha, (laughs) is in the building. Signed, one-year contract. There's incentives, but it's a lot guaranteed as well using those void years. Guys, how are you feeling about this? Pretty big
1: move. Big name, certainly. Uh, I think big move is TBD. Obviously, the last we saw him was in the, not the last Super Bowl, the Super Bowl before that against the Bengals towards ACL, unfortunately. He was having a a great game, if I remember correctly. Uh, Didn't play at all last season, but... So it's hard to say. I mean, I think, you know, we just don't know his health and you really can't know that until they're on the field, right? <laughs> so we've seen the Ravens try recently with, you know, Des Bryan and Deshaun Jackson. And I, I know Deshaun Jackson, much older. So it's the Des Bryant thing, you know, similar thing, had a, a leg injury, took him out for a year. Different players, different injuries, sure. But yeah, I think for myself, I have cautious optimism, as I've said before, my criteria, my hope for the Ravens this offseason was to grab a veteran wide receiver whose floor could be first half of 2021 Sammy Watkins. And I think if Odell is what he was with the Rams last we saw him, or even just, you know, maybe not quite that good, but, but close, I think they got that, which should definitely help their wide receiver room. So, jury's out, but I am cautiously optimistic about it.
2: My initial take on this situation was just this is like, this is an olive branch for Lamar. And if it works and brings him back, or at least, you know, kind of keeps him in a good spot that he, you know, feels that Baltimore could be a fit, if depending on whatever happens this year with the franchise tag, long term deal, whatever, if this is a move that makes him happy, it's an olive branch. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not very high on the guy. I know others will definitely disagree. I know um, uh, I know Coach will definitely disagree. Um, I know he's super, super high on Odell. You know, I think he, he definitely has talent. Um, You know, I, I think the, the injuries definitely concern me. I do think there are a lot of players on this team, I think, that will really like Odell. It gives me a little bit of a worry, I think, just kind of like knowing his injury history and just like, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of hype that kind of follows him. And given a lot of the injuries, it just like, I don't know it makes me feel a little weird but like you know at at the very least like like i said olive branch i'm cool with it if it helps that situation um and uh you know the the cap like whatever (laughs) just (laughs) just like like i mean you know this it it is a lot of money but like there are a lot of void year shenanigans that are going on like it's whatever it's a one-year deal like it's not going to be a big deal if it uses a ton of cap next year like Nobody cares. It definitely not the worst deal that's ever happened. Like, I mean, you guys remember Ryan Grant, like I know he didn't actually sign, but like four years, like almost 30 million for that guy. Like, man, we were lucky to dodge a bullet on that one. Like that was awful. Definitely not saying this is that deal. This is like way better than that deal. So, you know, all things considered like money's fine too. Like I, I, I hope he does well.
0: Yeah, me too. I think it's a big deal for the locker room, which we kind of alluded to. I think players are excited to have him show up. And, I mean, it's undeniable that Lamar seems excited about this. You know, apparently he was actively recruiting him. He was on FaceTime with him. So, like, Master Negotiator over there is really, like, overplaying his hand. I mean, (laughs) I I really don't want to talk ill of somebody that I don't know enough about the situation. But, like, Lamar, buddy to buddy, sometimes you hire people because, like, are better at things than you and i'm just i'm worried that you're not the best negotiator buddy (laughs) like i don't know if you want (laughs) to you're trying to secure the bag and now you're like all like actively trying to get i don't know it's just it's such a weird situation dude like
2: this this lamar thing is just making me scratch my head yeah it's yeah it's 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 really weird for sure but i mean get on more on like the culture fit too like i know um I think it was Bateman who was, like, Odell was, like, my inspiration. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he's super happy to be playing with him. So, you know, it's not just Lamar going to bat for Odell. Like, it's definitely some other players. I mean, I, I think, you know, knock on wood, man, I think, you know, Odell and um, and Bateman have kind of had some injuries in their, you know, last couple of years. But, I mean, I hate to do this, but, like, again, like, if we're talking off season, we're getting excited and hyped for the Ravens. Like, if those two guys are healthy, like, that's a really good wide receiver duo. There's a lot of stuff that you can do with those guys. That's a big asterisk, though. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: the good news is, is that in the endless hype train that is uh, sports media, they're saying that his knee for being injured twice, they were able to take the same and preferred like, graph option, which is typically not available on a second injury, and that has led him to recover at the same timeline as a normal injury and he didn't play all last year. So it's like extra recovered, fresh legs. And I'm like, cool, cool, cool. I hope all this is true because I definitely think there is an aspect of it. We saw it last year with the running backs where even though they could be quote unquote healthy, they're still favoring that ligament or whatever and it causes injuries elsewhere or they're just not quite right. So hopefully he is really well recovered. And I still think a lot of the things that make Odell great has nothing to do with his knee. It has a lot to do with his body control and just savvy hands, and those things hopefully are all still there. So I'm I'm optimistic. I really like the player. It's interesting to have a player a name like uh like Munkin said he was saying like you know OBJ is like a face of the uh, of the NFL, a big name star. Um, it's interesting to have that kind of presence on the Ravens. It's an unusual move in that respect. Unusual to have void years. But if this experiment goes right, Lamar gets signed long term, OBJ could finish his career as a Raven and they could extend him. And then these void years aren't an issue, you know, it's just built into the the new contract. So the optimistic take is this goes well and he's here for longer than just one year. The less optimistic news is like it didn't work out, but they took a swing and tried to do the best they could with this window with Lamar on a franchise tag potentially and see what they could do. Last ride. And then uh, you know, there's a nuclear option, it all blows up in their face, and we're just like, oh oh well. <laughs> so literally anything
1: and everything is on the table. Well, maybe not everything. Um <laughs> you know, I as as great as it would be, I don't see Odell um being that guy who who burned us in twenty twenty sixteen. I think that was NetGate or twenty seventeen. That was 2016. Yeah, 2016.
2: Yeah, that was. But um, I that was. I think it was a rookie year, right?
1: I don't think. Was it? No, it was rookie year. was 2014, wasn't it? Was it 14? Oh, don't It was. It
2: was. A, it was. Um, it was Tavon Young's rookie year, which yeah. is why I remember because Jimmy got hurt and then he got it. Yeah, right. No, I'll, I'll never. I'll never forget when
1: his rookie year because his catch that put him on the national spotlight. I was in Chicago that that weekend and it was a sunday night game and i was at at the ter- walking to i just got to the uh t- the terminal gate where our flight was to, back to baltimore and the game was on the tv and and just as i had gotten to the terminal was was the catch that he made and it just kept replaying while <laughs> while i was taking a seat so yeah he was definitely a rookie in in 2014 but anyways We're going to talk more about Odell at a a later episode. We were talking before the show how we wanted to address the news. And, you know, I I think that there's a lot to to talk about here. And the guys agree with me about, you know, just the Ravens approach to wide receiver. Uh, Harbaugh said there was going to be a different room um, at the end of your presser. We want to also see what happens with the draft and, you know, to get a better idea of what this room is going to look like and talk about the OBJ move and, and what the Ravens plans are there. But today, uh, we're sticking with our draft content and we're going to shift away from the offense, which we just opened up with and look at the defense. And just like last episode where we talked about the offense and what our first uh, thoughts are about what players we think look good, uh, who might be good fit with the Ravens. Um, we have a lot of more work to do with looking at these prospects. I'd, I'd say that the lists we have are kind of half-baked. There's a lot of prospects to look through. I feel like defense is harder because there's a lot more content out on offense that's easy, easily accessible because, obviously, offense runs the league. And defense, and Alec, you can expand on this <laughs> before we talk about it um, – A lot of questions about this group, uh, particularly when you're looking at the depth of these positions. There's certainly some stud guys who we're going to talk about, but harder to tell what the quality of the depth is with these positional groups, Um, and we're going to look at that because obviously Ravens only have one pick in the top uh, two rounds, so if they're going to take a swing on these guys and it's not in the first round, it's going to be one of these mid-to-later guys.
0: Yeah, it's something I've talked a lot with. Jason about, you know, if you look at his big board, it's accessible. If you go on his YouTube channel, you'll see it linked in his videos. There's just less draftable players this year, in his opinion. And that's a common thing. We even heard it last year. That's why the Ravens were trading out of this year's draft. They wanted to get picks. And last year's draft was such a loaded draft. And I'm kind of seeing that in certain position groups. So, we, you know, we're going to talk today. Two of the things I looked at the most were corners, which is deep. Great, great class Awesome that we have that as a position of need. And it's also a position of need in general for the NFL. Everyone's always trying to reload on corners. But my other thing I looked at was inside linebacker. And man, you know, train the second pick for an inside linebacker if that's what your Jones is for. There's no one like Roquan in this uh in this setup. Not at all. I honestly was looking at these linebackers and I was scratching my head. I looked at a few uh mocks or whatever to figure out like where are these guys Slated to go and no one's getting talked about until day two. And then a lot of them were talked about on day two. And then like not so many on day three, it was like everyone's going to get picked on day two. And I call BS because I look at these guys and I'm just like, man, none of you guys scream traits to me that like, I really want to have you on my team. So why would I draft you in rounds two and three when I can look at these corners that have traits that are interesting, more valuable position, look at edge traits, more valuable position, you know the offensive positions we already talked about. I'm just looking at like you know linebackers. I'm, I'm like these are going to fall. I think they're going to fall to day three. I really do, and and that's fine. Um, and it just it, 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 that's the thing I think is so cool about the draft, and like it makes me scratch my head so much is I'm curious to see how the NFL values it, how teams value it, what they're looking for, what flavor they're looking for for different players and position groups. Um, it's so hard to tier these guys and rank them sometimes because they're different. Like. Yeah, they're all inside linebackers, but one's a thumper. One could be a Mike, maybe. Another guy is like some weird, like you know, new age cover guy that basically is a safety but happens to be playing linebacker. You know, they're all just different, and it kind of matters what you're looking to to build. So, very interesting draft, very interesting prospects. I think we might be at a, a changing point as far as like I mean, we were trying to talk about it last year with safeties being more advantageous, big nickel formations it's not just the Ravens doing it, it's other teams too so I think the college game that's feeding these players in the NFL is changing too so it just uh, it's something I've been thinking about and like I feel like no one's talking about this really <laughs> uh, like I said me and Jason had this conversation and like I don't I don't hear it talked about too much in like the podcast I listen to about the NFL and football but it's something that I've definitely been thinking about and noticing with these prospects
1: Well, with that, um, I guess we can jump right into the different positional groups. And when we're looking at the current Ravens team and needs on the defense, you pull the fan base. I think the number one position that's going to come up is going to be cornerback. Obviously, Marcus Peters is still a free agent. The Ravens could work out a a short-term deal with him. Uh, I guess it'd be up to him and the front office. we We don't know what the plans are there. But even if they do... Marlon's obviously a stud but outside of that loads of question marks and like like you said Alec, this is a deep draft at corner so uh this is one of the positional groups that that you did the notes for um and I and I know there's one guy you definitely want to talk about we were talking about him at the at the baseball (laughs) game last night I don't know if these were you want to start with but
0: (laughs) yeah I'm wearing my shirt right now gas him up gas him up good first performance it's a shame all those runs came in not on his watch but uh hey they got the win anyways after all that and beautiful time at the ballpark with peter and uh ken and marine from film study those uh duo was awesome to see the game with so uh so unfortunately chris had other obligations that night it could have been a real big party of
2: uh crossover
0: <laughs> at the yard but uh, i'm hoping that we could do that one day
2: oh yeah for sure yeah funny we were only a couple blocks from you guys who were up at the hippodrome yes. but uh Wait, the what Sanders. was that
1: What did you see at the Hippodrome last night?
2: Uh, Hades Town. Got to okay. learn a little bit of the Greek mythology. <laughs> I'm sure you guys are really familiar with. <laughs> gotcha. It was a That's show. a new musical.
1: Is, is that what it's about? Is it the literal like Hades? Yeah, the, the telling thing?
2: of uh, Orpheus and uh, Eurydice and uh, Hades and Persephone. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty good. Nice. Well done. Nice.
0: Awesome. Well, all right. I'll talk about my number one guy. I'd be stunned if he gets to the Ravens, uh, in any circumstance. So Christian Gonzalez, I love that guy. So smooth, just, um, mirrors really well, good footwork. The knock against him will be that the yards per target against him is kind of high, um, relative to like other corners on the list. But, uh, you know, you look at him at six 201 and he's just like prototypical. Um, very beautiful. A lot of people like Devin Witherspoon a lot more. You know, or like they have him as their number one. Slater Frame at 180. The thing that's interesting about him, he's very physical when he plays outside, but he just seems so jittery to me. Very high motor. He has good recovery speed, which is good because I see him get behind a few times, but he's able to like recover and make a play. So like, it's not the sexiest film, but it's effective. And uh, that's worth something. If he fell to us at 22, I'd be excited, but I don't think that's going to happen either. So now let's like focus on the three that I think... At 22, we have a chance to get. And I honestly think I'm so glad we got OBJ from this perspective, too, because I like these players better than basically any of the wide receivers I expect to be available at 22. And if you have three of them available and a trade partner, good golly, you know, trade back an extra pick that could be very exciting and valuable for this team build. So the guys I'm talking about are Joey Porter Jr., Penn State, 602, one. At- 98. Ravens have talked about him. They're openly interested. You know, they're flirting <laughs> with uh, Mr. Junior over here. Quick Dyson Oaks plays, very smooth hips. Um, he'll shoot screens and um, run plays to make the play. He's good to transition in zone. And th- here's a fun one. Like a lot of people are like, did you see the game Marvin Harrison Jr. like torched Penn State? Oh my gosh. How could you ever go for Joey Porter Jr.? Well, if you watch the tape, like, all those catches were not against Joey Porter Jr. I think he got maybe like 20 yards <laughs> <laughs> against him. So like they, they got him away from Joey Porter and were able to, you know, uh, get those yards. So anyhow, maybe it was bad scheme not to have <laughs> Joey like follow him. But that's, uh I liked him a lot. I think he'd be a great player. If we got him at 22, I'd be excited. Uh, a guy that's like everyone's favorite, but like not. Like, every Ravens fan favorite, it seems like, but maybe not um, nationally, is Emmanuel Forbes. Six foot, 166, so talk about slight frame. But he's the best ball hawk in the draft. Pick sixes galore. Uh, He plays fast, very um, good speed, just great instincts. Uh, Fun player. And, you know, if you're trying to find a new Marcus Peters, like, look no further. So Forbes is a really interesting prospect. But like I said, I'm curious to see how he's valued... A, given there's so many corners, so maybe like all these like tier two corners, so to speak, that are like able to fall into the low 20s, maybe they fall back a little bit more because everyone's playing chicken. They don't want to get the first guy, they want to get the last in the tier or something. So I'm curious to see how that plays out. And then there's another guy that a lot of people like, and you know, a lot of people are local, so that that helps is Deontay Banks, six foot, 197 from Maryland. Like his measurables are insane. I think he had a perfect grass score, but he doesn't have the greatest ball skills. And it's not like always on tape. So his floor is definitely lower than these other prospects, but his like raw skills are the best. And if you can coach him up, you know, you can imagine him being phenomenal. So I'm really curious to see how these three players I just mentioned are ranked and drafted. And I'm curious what you guys thoughts are. Yeah. I mean,
1: look, I'll admit I haven't looked at these guys as much as you have, but Joey Porter, uh, you, you said it all with him. A lot of the fan base is interested in this guy, and there's really nothing more I can add <laughs> with what you said. Um, he, he looks like someone who has a great chance to be available there, and I agree with you. I would take him over Quentin Johnson or, or Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison, any of those players who, who might be there. Jackson, Smith, and Bigwell. I would rather have Porter than than any of those guys personally. I think he has a great shot to be an ex great Corner and fun fact with cornerback: If the Ravens do draft a cornerback in the first round, like you already know right away, they're going to be a stud. Because look at their (laughs) track record with cornerback; they've drafted four. Who are those four guys? Chris McAllister, Dwayne Starks, Jimmy Smith, Marlon Humphrey. All those guys, absolute studs. You know, maybe I don't think Jimmy Smith ever made a Pro Bowl. Has made a Pro Bowl in his career, but I mean, that's just because there's a lot of competition there. Like he's. Jimmy Smith, definitely not a bust. Very, very good player in his career, um, as you, I'm sure most of you agree. But, yeah, the other two, I'll admit, I haven't watched film on the Maryland guy yet. Like like I said at the onset, I'm being upfront. There's a lot of prospects. I I don't think any of us have had time to get, get through the whole list <laughs> of these guys, and he's one of the ones I haven't yet. Um, I will say that, yeah, Forbes is really interesting, um, you watch his tape and, and like you said, he's a ball hawk. It would be great to get a ball hawk corner, um, force more turnovers. We got Marcus Williams, obviously. He's, he's it, Despite the fact that he was hurt for a good portion of last year, when he was there, he made an impact in the turnover department. But you're losing Marcus Peters, who also, before his injury was getting you a, a ton of turnovers, it, you, it would be nice to improve that. It's just so interesting with him. And and I'm not someone who likes to to knock guys for for their size because I'm of the belief that if you can play, you can play. Like, you will find a way to use whatever physical skills you have to your advantage. That said, 166 pounds at six feet is incredibly slight uh, for an NFL cornerback. Now, of course, I I mean, he can bulk up. Like, you know, I, I... NFL weight rooms like they know how to do that but you just you do just wonder like you know it's it's feels like more of a track build and the guy's definitely plays fast like you said that, there is a little bit of a risk i feel like if you if you take someone there with that physique but i mean again like i said you know if he knows how to still be effective despite having like that disadvantage against uh you know a, a really one of the bigger wide receivers that you could go up against in this league, I, I, he's he's someone that's intriguing. But of those three you mentioned, yeah, Porter right now for me, definitely a guy who it would real one of my three top players that I would hope that the Ravens would use that number that that number one pick on one of my top three hopes of who would be there.
2: You know, it's funny I I always remember like Sauce Gardner being. Like in my head, it kind of has a similar build because he just looks so slim, but that's because he's so tall. He's actually 6'3, 200 pounds. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, it's 34 pounds on top of this guy. Um, So, I mean, yeah, I I can't imagine like putting them next to each other now, like, you know, even Sauce will look pretty bulked up. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but, but, yeah, no, I mean, I I agree with you guys. Porter, I I think Porter's really interesting. Um, And we know, we know the pedigree he comes from. His dad played in the AFC North for a long time. Um, kind of an, an enemy of the Ravens. So, oh wait, he's literally I, Joey Porter's son. I did not. Yeah. Know that. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh man. There, and, and that's why he's that, a junior. Yeah. And oh, people man. think the Steelers might. Well, he's draft a
1: junior, him. but I didn't. know. Like, Porter's a common <laughs> yeah, yeah. last name. Joey no, is no, not no. like you know <laughs> yeah, no, Bernard that, or
2: something that no one's named anymore. <laughs> you know. <laughs> there you go. Well, hey, you learn you learned something. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's that's Joey that's Joey Porter of Steelers uh, infamy. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's man. his son. So. Fun
1: fact, Joey Porter is my least favorite Steelers player of all time. <laughs> least, least favorite football player of all time. I don't know. That guy just... But I still really want them to draft Joey Porter Jr.
2: <laughs> How about that? <laughs> yeah. Man, I, I was just going to say, one other guy, like, I, I don't, I don't think he's a good fit at 22, but if the Ravens were in a trade-back scenario and, like, say, all the players that we are in love with in the first round, all of them are taken and the Ravens had to trade back in the second or something... Um Kylie Ringo, uh, from Georgia, six one two oh seven, 207 Um, kind of reminds me a little bit of Jimmy Smith, honestly. And again, like, you know, it's funny you bring up the corners that the Ravens have taken in the first round. I, you know, it's funny out of the four of them, I'd almost put Jimmy kind of below the rest just because it like the ceiling wasn't as high. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Ringo's kind of a similar player of like could be a really solid player on the boundary, I think do his job well, but I think penalties might be an issue and some you know, maybe some inconsistent play might be a little bit of an issue. But I, I think, you know, he's he seems physical. Uh, seems like a player I think the Ravens could could take. Um, but to be honest, like, yeah, I would only really pick him in a trade back scenario. Otherwise, I feel like they don't have a second round pick. It, you might have like the Giants or something take him in the second round because you know Wink loves to have corners like that, you know, or some other team. But just another name that kind of stuck out to me in terms of, you know, a player I think the Ravens could find in terms of scheme fit if the the pick is right.
0: Yeah. So I was actually about to bring him up. So, you know, you have Ringo from Georgia, very young player. So he has the ability to kind of learn some more, but he definitely looks more raw um, when you watch the tape. And then there's another player, too. Cam Smith from South Carolina. Great ball skills, but the speed's not as good. He also has concussion and hamstring injuries in the past. Um, He'll get a little grabby, too. He lacks, like, the confidence in his speed. And I think that's my projection on him. Like, I feel like because he doesn't have the best speed, he gets a little grabby, and that's not great. So, these guys are more, like, second-round picks, in my opinion. Maybe in a trade-back scenario, not the worst. And then you got, like, a wild range of toolsy players. (laughs) So, like, you got guys like Julius Bretz, 6'3", 198 aircraft carrier build uh, doesn't have the greatest long speed. Um, and also it hasn't fully learned how to use the boundary, but you look at his traits and you're like, Ooh, you know, you get excited. <laughs> um, there's also the other Georgia corner Tyreek Stevenson, aggressive tackler um, can get bit a little bit downhill though, because of it. Very disciplined with his eyes stand out at the senior bowl. And um, he also is just like very good at press and has like confidence with his speed. You know, like I said, how the other guy felt like didn't have confidence. I feel like Tyreek Stevenson definitely knows that he's quick and like understands how to use that to his advantage. Uh, there's a lot of interesting duos too. Uh, <laughs> I'll talk about the, the other one later. Uh, here's a player I have to bring up because like if the Ravens draft him, I feel like I have to get the jersey out of, uh, you know, just like a, a, the greatest crawl section of all time. But Darius Rush, 6'2", 200 pounds, South Carolina, uh (laughs) good anticipation his change direction is not as good though uh he used to play wide receiver which is interesting um i think that might be why he's good at anticipating routes he may have a good understanding from playing the other side but i I had to bring him up because like he's just kind of (laughs) fun and then there's like this guy riley moss track star uh (laughs) 6'1 198 from iowa Uh, not the best change of direction And like, doesn't have the best anticipation. So he's got, like, he just, he's a raw prospect, but he has like all the traits and he could be really good. So um, it's guys like this, right? Like these guys I just mentioned that make me want to draft. I would like to draft all those guys I mentioned before, like basically any linebacker I will mention. (laughs) Um, And I think the Ravens have a little bit of a need inside linebacker because I'm kind of hoping we get more draft capital by cashing in PQ. Like, I, I i don't want like be mean, but i feel like he's not part of the plans, and it'd be, just be kind of savvy to you know maybe get be able to get a good pick and try to turn him into you know something else longer term so um you know maybe that's a little like not valuing what he can do for us for one year you know he i gotta kind of, i would equate us keeping p q as a rental you know how we do like in season trades for a third round pick and then we get some player. Just think about that in reverse with PQ. By holding on to him longer, you're basically like foregoing a third round pick, uh, so to speak. So, yeah, just a, a little tidbit. Um, but yeah, the, this corner class is interesting. And I feel like everyone I mentioned here, like, very decent chance of getting drafted um, day two. And the Ravens only have one pick there right now. So, I wouldn't think it's crazy if the Ravens went corner, corner. I think it'd be much. But. There are prospects where if they're on the board and they get them, I'll be like, okay, I get it. And mattering how the wide receiver run goes, like maybe uh, it makes sense. The last guy I want to bring up is uh, Jacorian Bennett from UMD. He's the other like pairing. Very grabby, but his combine is super good. Uh, So people are going to probably look at him with his traits and think to themselves like, oh, we can can work him into a a good corner. And they might be right. So um, like I said, there's just a lot of really interesting players with good traits that you could uh, try to make it the next uh, woolen of the draft. It's interesting. I I was
1: going to counter with your uh, idea of the Ravens taking uh, back to back, um, you know, two cornerbacks in this draft with, well, then we just do that, you know, last year we got those guys here, but actually looking back on it, 2021, technically, you know, you had Stevens and, you know, Sean Wade, which we, we know what happened to Sean Wade, but so there's two drafts in a row where they did it. And it's crazy. You got to go back. 2020, they didn't draft a cornerback, but cornerbacks in all those other drafts until you get to around 2014, I think. So, um, you know, definitely a position that we know you need a lot of depth of in the, in the NFL, particularly the Ravens. We've saw the doldrums of that in, you know, the 2012 to like 2017 or 2016. Then we drafted Marlon, and that seemed to have solidified that group for a while to go. But... Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's a deep class. And, you know, there's questions with Armour Davis and, and with with Pepe, right? So it's like we can't really do you hold off on not adding anyone from a deep class because you ha- only have so many picks when you have those two guys or do you draft someone and add them to the competition because you don't know yet? Um I wouldn't be shocked at all for the Ravens to do that ladder because, again, like I said, you need corners in this league and uh, the Ravens have a lot of questions there.
2: I think moving on, we could probably talk about the uh, defensive tackles. Um, so I did this position group. There are a couple guys here um, You know, I think the Ravens could target. Uh, I do think that the overall, I feel like top-heavy. Uh, there's one or two guys who I think probably are going to go in probably the top 20. Um, after that, I think it gets a little dicey. I feel like there's some guys that could do some things that the Ravens want, um, but I wouldn't say that any of these guys would be starting material. I think that they might be like a Justin Matabuke or a Broderick Washington and that they take a couple years to kind of fill into that starting role. The good news is is that the Ravens don't really need to have anybody start right away. Um, Although losing Calais Campbell, I think we saw last year with, you know, the guys I just mentioned, like Matabouquet and Washington, they really kind of stepped up um, and had a lot of snaps in their rotations. So I think, um, you know, I think the Ravens would probably want to, you know, probably take a guy at defensive tackle. I don't know if they would double dip, but um, I certainly think if one of them's on the board um, at the right spot, I think that they would uh, make a move um guys at the top uh jalen carter out of georgia i think is the biggest name uh his biggest issue off the field issues um i can't remember exactly what it was uh it's a hidden run or something i i'll have to yeah. th- maybe you guys can check in on 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 it for me but um I, that's gonna guy? be his issue yeah yeah That one. it's
1: i mean that was uh was it, they were racing like it was him and someone else on the team and like the other car the people died right
2: okay like it was really bad <laughs> yes. yeah it was really bad yeah i mean i think probably a player i don't think the ravens are going to touch uh, regardless of where he falls um got a lot of talent um and i know he's been like still interviewing with other teams so i think he's off the board but figured to kind of mention him he's kind of like the top of the class right now one guy i'm super interested in um who i think could be a really intriguing talent for the ravens if he were to fall and would Definitely be in the category, of probably best player available at 22. Is Kalijah Kansi out of Pitt? Um, I mean, you watch his tape. I think it's just incredible. He's a pass rushing monster. Um, pretty undersized. Like it, when you look at his build, and you're like, this guy shouldn't be playing defensive tackle. But honestly, like he is the guy that you want in the middle of your defense to be able to ride a consistent, like, awesome pass rush. Six one two eighty one are his, you know, traits. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind, also, like who also had an undersized defensive tackle, also played at Pitt, was Aaron Donald. So, I mean, Ooh. I think a lot of people are kind of looking at that and like raising their eyebrows a little bit of like, hmm, this guy could be like the next Aaron Donald. Not a bad idea. I think that there are a lot of similarities between these players. And like I said, like if, if he falls to 22, I, I would seriously consider taking him. I know he probably wouldn't be the like scheme fit for the Ravens just of how we play defense but to be honest like I think the Ravens could change their defense a little bit to be able to fit a guy in like this because he could definitely do some damage you know it's funny I think I saw a mock draft from like nfl.com not that they mean anything uh, everybody's doing a mock draft these days but I saw one of them where he dropped to 21 and I was like ooh, okay maybe <laughs> like, maybe there's a chance I think it's slim I, I think in reality the Ravens probably would have to trade up to get them or just i don't know something crazy would be going there's like a run for corners or some other position group or something but uh but anyway other than that there are a couple other names uh, of guys here um you'll see mozzie smith out of michigan uh to me looks like a michael pierce clone of uh, he's a really big dude i think he can do a lot in the run game it has some pass rush honestly it's not something that like really scares you um, it's just kind of like a, you know, high effort guy who will continue to kind of move the pocket. But, um, you know, in the NFL, I'm not sure how that kind of translates. Um, I think in the college game and just, you know, you have quarterbacks kind of scrambling a lot more and waiting to hold on to the ball. Um, so I would be a little upset if the Ravens kind of considered him the first round. He seems like kind of a second round guy to me. So I'm not sure if he would be on the radar. Some other guys, I think in the later rounds, if you're looking at you know, three, um, you know, third or fourth round. You know, it's funny. I didn't see him on Jason's big board. I'm I'm kind of curious. I want to see his thoughts on this guy. But Keiondre Coburn out of Texas, if we didn't have Travis Jones, like I'd be all over this guy. Bigger dude, like I think he's 6'1", 330 some pounds or something. But I mean, this guy's just like a monster in the middle, just is, you know, consistently eating up double teams and providing like a good bit of of pass rush. Solid tackler, can get to the QB. You know, his stats obviously, like, aren't crazy. He's a giant defensive tackle. But, I mean, just from the tape I was looking at this guy, like, I'm like, he stands out to me. Like I said, the only reason I think the Ravens might pass on him is just we've got a guy like that in Travis Jones. So, I don't know if we need to have two of those, Uh, especially with Michael Pierce still under contract too. But, you know, if if we didn't, like, I'd be all over this guy. But another guy, um, I think it might be interesting. He was on Jason's big board. I just looked. Um, Gervon Dexter out of Florida. He's a little bit more interesting. Uh, his frame is 6'6", 310, so he's more like a defensive end. Probably wouldn't play at the nose spot, but maybe like at a, a Calais position. He's got a huge frame, obviously. Um, I think he can put a lot of weight on in NFL weight room. I think that will you know, kind of get his NFL strength a, a little bit good. I, think I thought he had good gap discipline. I think he uses his arms pretty well. He's able to kind of keep offensive linemen off of him and um you know a good bit bit of speed to be able to chase backs and qbs like he's not slow to to be able to uh, pursuit and everything um you know i think he would take a little bit more development um but like i said earlier like i i honestly like i think that's what the ravens need i don't think that they need somebody like right away um to be able to contribute this stuff so um at that point i think in the later rounds you're kind of looking for um you know, you're looking for the frame. Can this guy put on NFL mass and become like a really impactful player. And you're looking for, you know, a couple of traits um, and just, just kind of like a base to build off of.
0: Yeah. I'm looking at, uh, at Jason's board and he, actually Coburn didn't make his board, which I, I don't know if it was a, a miss on his end or what. Um, Cause it seems like he kind of likes him from some of the notes I see it just says like, you know, biggest guy on the field by far good feet um nose tackle and uh yeah I'm not sure so I, I messaged him maybe we'll, we'll get some uh real time follow-up <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um yeah
2: yes, yes it's all good yeah the, I, I think a lot of these guys too like I said are just like you know may not be a great fit for the Ravens right now just knowing what they have another guy like I, I think kind of would probably fit in the same category is Siaki Ika out of Baylor he's a guy I actually looked at originally I kind of liked uh, when I looked at him a little bit more a little reserved because I kind of saw him playing at more of like the interior like nose sort of position. And I think he's a guy who could provide some pass rush. Um could be some some guy like a Michael Pierce of like a bigger body dude who can, you know, is not gonna be a pass rushing monster, but he can push the pocket and kind of help guys around him to be able to provide that. The one thing that kind of turns me off of him a little bit is I don't see him fighting double teams a lot. And so I'm not sure if he's a guy who's going to have strength to be able to consistently take up double teams, but at his like measurables, it was one of those where like, I'm not sure if he would fit at like the defensive end spot on the Ravens. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too upset with the pick. I think other people are pretty high on him, uh, but it's just kind of from what I saw, I wasn't like the most impressed with his game.
0: So he did message me. He says, because he's a nose tackle only in his mind, he didn't, him on the board because he feels like it would be a little redundant but uh there you
2: go oh that's fair
0: live updates man love it
2: (laughs) (laughs) hopefully like i'll tease
0: it now but the hope is that um we'll be able to have him on to kind of talk about some of the red star players in that last episode uh get that coordinated and might even uh do it on his channel which is like the first time i'm mentioning it to these two but uh surprise (laughs) Huh? He was like surprised. Yeah, yeah. A surprise. He was like, maybe we could all get on the Crossover. channel and do a thing. I was like, hey, maybe. So we'll we'll be figuring it out. We'll be working behind the scenes. <laughs> nice. See what we can do.
2: <laughs> uh, the only thing I was gonna ask if, if you guys had thoughts about like who the Ravens like what traits would you look for in a defensive tackle? Probably
1: that's was a good question because I mean you got two studs already in in Matabike and um and Jones. Yeah, Michael Pierce there who knows what he has at this stage in his career Brodick Washington looks good so I I I do agree really strongly with what you're saying is like I think they should find someone who you can spare right now to find a a prospect who's a developmental guy right who's got some some traits that look plus but you know is a little raw maybe Um, you could find that guy late in the round might be an undrafted guy you know Um, I could see them going there which is all to say is I think they'll take a good, hard look at someone, you know, bring someone in who has has some potential because, uh, you know, you need depth there. You need the guys to rotate in and out. We don't know if we can uh, count on Pierce. The guy hasn't played a full NFL season in I don't know how long. So you need some more youth there. You need to, to bring in some more guys. Um, and I'll confess, I have not done enough research into the later round guys uh, in this draft to, to pinpoint someone yet um, hopefully I'll be have that time to do before uh, next episode but yeah I, I think that making a move to get a developmental guy uh, who's a lineman is would be a, a smart move for them to do this draft season
0: I definitely agree with that Peter and it'll be interesting you know we lost Clayus Campbell obviously a very unique frame and you know take a quick look there's no one quite like that, you know, in this year's draft. <laughs> Not that surprising. So I think, you know, for me, you're kind of just looking for that three tech that can penetrate and maybe your one is solid run defense. Um, you know, the group we have right now is pretty young. Um, they did a decent job of re- retooling that part of the line. And I I kind of just want to see the guys we have get a little bit more playing time and see what can happen this year. I'm not against drafting the right player uh, later on, but I could also see us just uh, focusing on undrafted and and maybe punting this position group until next year after we give these other younger guys an opportunity to to play out. And hopefully Pierce has a a full healthy season. But I'm very curious to hear is these edge prospects. So bring them on. (laughs) I'm curious as well. This is
1: a this is a big class. Um, there's a lot of players in here that, um, honestly, you know, I, I have in the notes the guys that I've watched the most. of done the most read up on. There's a lot of guys that I've skimmed some tape, skimmed some uh, scouting reports on. It's a it's a pretty, uh, I would say, diverse class. There's a lot of guys here. There, there's guys who are, you know put your hands on your ground, more traditional linemen guys. There's lighter, faster guys who can fly around the field. Take your pick of what t- you need at edge. You'll find a guy here for that. And when you're looking at this board, um, to start with, you have Will Anderson from Bama and Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. Those guys are top 10 picks. Maybe one of them falls to 12. That would be insane. <laughs> from everything I've read and what I've seen, like those guys are gone. There's no way the Ravens get them. But then after that, there seems to be a lot of questions as to um, where the next guy is going to go. And you seem to have a lot of guys who could go anywhere from pick 10 to pick 30. And some of these guys, the Ravens might have a shot at getting. Um, so that's the guys I, I took a little bit more time to find and look at some tape on. And you got some guys here like Miles Murphy from Clemson. Um, this guy, you look at his, his tape, he has the prototypical uh, defensive end build for an NFL Lineman, um, the tape to me, he looked like an NFL player playing against college kids out there. That was my take. Um, <laughs> his production could have been better, um, and doesn't have the best agility. But uh, you know, there's there's certainly potential there for that guy to be a beast at the next level. Um, another guy who I think is interesting, uh, Lucas von Ness, which made me think of the Loch Ness monster. Um, <laughs> for whatever reason, (laughs) but uh, this guy's from Iowa, um, hard-nosed player, big guy, also, uh, you know, he was great um, as lineman, but also was a a bit of a special teams ace for uh, the Hawkeyes, blocked some punts in his tape, strong hard-nosed guy, I'm already seeing this guy being mocked to the Steelers, I could certainly see it, seeing him mocked to the Texans as well, and then you have other guys here, like um, Nolan Smith from Georgia, Undersized guy. Uh, I've seen him listed at two thirty eight. I've seen him listed at two fifty. But you know, he's a smaller guy. But the athleticism is there. He's interesting, and certainly we know Georgia, great defensive program there. He's someone that you could look at certainly. And then you've got two guys: Will McDonald from Iowa State and Keon White from Georgia Tech. You know that both of them have a lot of potential, but a lot of questions. When you're talking about Keon White. Um, really unique path that he had to the NFL, uh, originally was, went to Old Dominion as a tight end, transferred to defensive line after, um, there were injuries his sophomore year, uh, then sat out the 2020 COVID year. And then after that transferred to Georgia Tech, uh, got hurt in 2021, so didn't play much. And then, so as a super senior in 2022, he finally got on the field and, had a big year, but the scouting report on him, you know, pretty raw, but the athleticism is there if he's able to put the tools together. And Will McDonald from Iowa State, uh, 6'4, 245. This was the guy that, for me on tape, really stood out. Uh, just an athletic freak when you watch his tape. Uh, really fluid movement in his pass rush and just his ability to move around the field. I mean, you you watch his highlights. He does it all. He rushes the passer. He drops back in coverage. He um, sets the edge in run defense. Now, with that, some scouting reports you'll see say that, you know, he it's prone to over pursuing uh, the ball carrier at times in the run defense. Um, Like I said, on, on tape, he looked like a freak athlete, but, you know, didn't quite show that at the combine. That being said, the some of the numbers that were expected of him would have been you know, quite big. So, uh, you know, he had had a fine combine. It just wasn't the freak combine that some people were expecting. So, I mean, a lot of different options that could be available here for the Ravens. Um, Von Ness, I've seen him more consistently projected as like in the 10 to 15 range, um, but I have seen some projecting him down to like 23 or 25. So he, it's possible he's there, but I think it's less likely. Uh, those other guys, White, McDonald, and and Nolan... I think it is more likely it's perfectly reasonable that those guys could be back end first round early day 2 picks um could be something the Ravens would go to that said I I still like the corners that we talked we talked about earlier in this episode better if you're going to go that you know defense uh over wide receiver um with that pick and honestly some of the wide receivers I think I would take over over these guys but some interesting names, certainly. And, you know, if, if that's the route the Ravens go, there's definitely some names here that you could add to the defense and could really help out this this unit, which, you know, is still a unit that needs help. We know we got Bowser, but then you're just going off potential. Owe, we know, hasn't fully put it together yet. We saw some great flashes of Ojabo in that final game against Cincinnati of the regular season, but that was just one game, you know? And we don't have the vets coming back at this time. First round feels a little aggressive to take an edge rusher after you took away, uh, in 2020 and then Ojabo in second round. But you know, if they go that route, there's definitely some players here who I think have some good potential
0: for sure. And there's definitely a multiverse where the corners go faster than anticipated. Some, you know, wild run happens. and you're, you're left with a guy like miles Murphy or Van Ness still available um at 22. It makes it for an interesting pick. I think uh Nolan was mentioned as a pick in the Athletics mock draft recently to the Ravens, so take that for what it's worth. Uh definitely interesting set of players you mentioned. So what McDonald, dude? His combine, kind of a crazy story. He had a 104 fever and he still competed. Uh so Oh, really? I did not know that part. Yep, yep. So that I think could explain away a little bit of his uh lack of production. At the combine, but um, yeah, like you said, a lot of people expected kind of freak, uh, sick numbers, and uh, you know they're probably still there. This tape don't lie, so uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely um, an interesting player. One guy that I have my eye on as well is Ojulari, the other Ojulari of uh AFC North fame. Definitely, you know, good at getting um pressures and uh very smooth dropping just good bend a uh, really interesting prospect that I'm keeping an eye on and curious to see where he falls. I could see that um, him maybe like even having Sam abilities, you know? So I think that would be a big thing too to take away is I think the Ravens are would be most interested in finding another Sam because there's still a little light there. You know, we had the issues with Bowser uh, at the beginning of the season, and they were like trying to find everyone, their brother, and then all of them toward their ACLs or uh, toward their uh, Achilles as well in the process. I don't know if O's going to be that guy or if he's just going to be better off just, you know, focusing on pass rush. So, finding a Sam in the draft would be great. And um, there are a couple of players that have that skill set.
2: Yeah, I was going to say two names in addition. I think I was kind of looking at a little bit um, Felix and Adike Uzama um, is a guy who I think, you know, reports are kind of just. He's a little bit more developed as a pass rusher um, than, you know, maybe he's, like, setting the edge or some other things. Um, he'd be, like, a later-round guy. Like, I wouldn't, definitely would not target him at one or two, um, but maybe, like, third uh, third round, maybe fourth round. He'd be an interesting guy of, like, if you want to double down and kind of getting another edge player, kind of move away to that Sam spot. He'd be interesting. Um, another guy, I'm not exactly sure, you know, where he might fit, but he might be, you know, a guy to... Um, take a look at if he falls is colby wooden um definitely a bigger guy in terms of edge uh, 6'5", six five two eighty four you know i think uh he'd be uh he'd be a little bit of an interesting guy to uh to pull in
1: yeah i'll admit both those guys are are not guys i've looked at yet but um like i'm saying there's a lot here uh mm-hmm. of guys now we'll say though as you get deeper into the draft um i wanted to find more guys who i would looked at like later round guys who the Ravens could look at, because we know that they've had success there. Uh, you know, Matt Judon, obviously, I, I, gosh, like we just, we just did the, the late round bracket, and what, what three, three edge rushers <laughs> made the, the, the final four, right? So, um, but yeah, I, I'll admit, I'll have to look f- harder to see, but I mean, there are we're a couple, two guys that I have down here, that I'm like, okay, these guys, they're interesting here. Uh, Byron Jones from Tennessee is one of them. Uh a guy, has a lot of explosiveness, um, quick off the edge, uh, wrap up tackler. I, I'm not sure how his run defense is, but had a strong season his senior year, at his last year at Tennessee. in In their game against Florida, he forced the the game sealing uh, interception. Florida was down five, and uh, he forced Richardson out of the pocket and just forced him to make a absolutely atrocious interception where no one was around. So, uh, as we know, Alec, as the um, the president of the Anthony Richardson fan club, that probably puts uh, Byron Jones higher on his big board.
0: <laughs> no comment. <laughs> uh,
1: another guy uh, who has, um, I'll be honest, not sure as much about this guy, but there's some things about uh, Yaya... Diaby from Louisville that are intriguing. Um, pretty high 40 time for an edge rusher, 4.51, 37-inch vertical. Um, and that speed shows up on uh, his tape. Had 14 sacks last year for Louisville after only having five and a half combined over his first two years there. Um, just another guy who just seems like a, a disruptor. But honestly, I'll have to look more t- uh, tape at him before really having a definitive take on him. But certainly some measurables there and some athleticism, as well as that breakout year that makes him look interesting as a mid-round, maybe third-round, early fourth-round pick. But yeah, a really interesting class. And um, given where the Ravens are, like Alex said, I could certainly see them looking at at a Sam somewhere in here.
0: Nice. Yeah, I think Diaby is definitely an interesting looking player. Lots of really interesting looking players, too. Uh, you mentioned a few of them already. And I, I, I think um, this is definitely going to be one of those position groups at being so deep. There's a good chance that the Ravens will draft someone we never talked about or maybe never saw. And then we're going to look back on their tape and be like, all right, you know, that's a pretty good player. I can see how they you know, fit it in there. I just think this is definitely, you know, we were talking about some of the groups are lighter. This is one of the groups I think that's not that light. You know, it's got the depth, it's got the juice. So, uh, definitely a cool, a cool class. And again, you know, a position of need, this is a, you know, a huge position of need for every, every team. Everyone always wants another edge, uh, can't have too many. And even though the Ravens have invested a lot of high draft capital and we have a lot of ambition for these players and there's reason to be excited, um, yeah, it doesn't hurt to take another. Well, I kind of, uh, gave a little bit of a precursor to the linebacker group that I studied, uh, when talking about corners, and, I mean, guys, it's just pretty straightforward to me. Like I said, Roquan is uh, by far the best. And, of course, he went, like, what, six overall or something? You know, he was a super high draft pick of the year. He was drafted. And um, I'm just telling you, man, there's no player quite like that in this year's draft. If you look at the boards, a lot of people think that the first one's going to get drafted on day two. And, you know, it kind of it plays out that way. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say wait and see for a lot of these players. But there's a couple guys I think we all should keep our eye on. And uh, I'll start with my number one. Yeah, I, I mentioned him on Twitter today. There was a little bit of discourse going on between uh, Yuri and uh, Jason, and there was a couple other people tagged. Uh, Dayan Henley, 601-225, Washington State. Guy's old, all right? So he's like a six-year senior. There's a lot, like we mentioned last year, or last episode, there's a lot of older players. Uh, but you know, at linebacker, I don't really care because kind of similar to a running back. I don't anticipate really a second contract or a super high contract. So give me the guy that's like able to contribute day one because he has that extra experience or the extra grown man strength, whatever. Um, and that's great to me. So I think, you know, it could be a, a early day three guy potentially. And I think that'd be a good fit for the Ravens. Um, just strong, has a good burst of fluidity. Um, he is pretty good at making turnovers, um lacks a long speed but very good like um you know zero to 30 for instance you know in, in car speak <laughs> uh and he's also a core special teamer so you know i'm sure harbaugh already has him circled and will be pounding the table for <laughs> henley to get added to the team and uh there's other players too that are kind of interesting you got demarvian overshone 603 229 from texas Definitely ranging and has high motor. Again, another special teams guy. Used to be a safety, uh, so he has a little bit better coverage skills than run skills, which is always something I, you know, like to see. Nick Herberg, 602, 240, Wisconsin. Plays faster than his 40. Very productive. Um, Again, this is, like, kind of a weird player. Um, Kind of talking about that shift I'm seeing in the NFL, uh, discussing with with Jason about it, too. You know, this guy is, um, you know, good off blocks, but he's just, uh, you know, a little different. Next guy is D. Winners, guys. Remember, do you remember D. Winners? That discussion. Uh, 5'11", 227 Out of TCU. I remember I got like a tweet or some notification from Sleeper about him. Like the Ravens were like following him or talking to him a lot. <laughs> um, team captain. You know, one of those rah rah guys that the Ravens love to draft. Um, best downhill. You know, he has uh, not the best reaction speed but he's you know a guy that i think could come in and and grow and learn in his role uh, not the worst guy and you got Ivan Pace too 511 231 smaller guy obviously um, so like without that length he's going to have a little bit of issues I'm curious to see how he's going to be able to get off blocks and stuff in the nfl level but uh, another interesting player there too there's other guys too you know could mention i didn't even talk to him about the top guys like drew anderson uh Trent simpson jack campbell you know that's all basically matters on who you want if you want the best athlete you're looking at simpson a lot of people have him as a number one guy maybe in a first round guy I, I don't i don't see it personally but you know go for it uh sanders he like has a lot of sacks good at blitzing can blitz from all over um good eyes and then campbell is like the probably your best bet if you want to a mic and the Ravens just don't need that. So I wasn't too worried about bringing them up here, but you know, these are the guys that will get drafted probably ahead. that will push down these other guys to the range where the Ravens might be able to take them. So that's why we appreciate them existing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it would be interesting if the Ravens want to do that. I mean, we were talking earlier about how just, um, you know, if, if you kind of have guys who you think could be, or think could take that next step, but you're not really sure if they're going to be the guys, like, do you like double down and like, you know, get somebody else and then kind of hope that the competition eventually like bubbles up and has some good players or do you just kind of let those guys develop? I think the the real wild card is, you know, if the Ravens, I, there have been smoke screens about what to do with Patrick Queen. Um, is he, you know, could be like a, a draft day trade candidate. I, honestly, I think that's really the key. I mean, if you keep him, which, you know, I kind of hope the Ravens do. Because I, um, I think pairing him with another year with Roquan I think would be a good idea. You know, I, th- I think, you know, I-, I would think it would be hard for the Ravens to get more than what they would get if he were to walk from whatever deal that he would sign. Um, you know, and if it's like a third or a fourth, I, I-, I don't know. But I- I'm just, I'm having a hard time believing that you could get a ton of capital from him and that you, you know, just get more value from having him on the team. Uh, but if he did move him, then obviously that's a hole. Um, I don't, you know, I, I don't think Harrison and Welch, I think would be those guys. Um, I'm struggling. Who's the undrafted guy we had last year? Ross, Josh Ross, John Josh Ross, right? Yeah, I guess Ross. I guess Ross could fill in there. Um, they were definitely high on him, but it's it's definitely a question mark. So I mean, in that situation, like if you have a fourth round pick that you know you don't like anybody else on your board. Just pick a linebacker, add that competition. Um, but if you do have everybody here, like I don't know, I guess I wouldn't waste the pick on another linebacker. I mean, I know Malik is not going to be here. Was he on the third year, fourth year? He doesn't have too much time left. Fourth. I guess we resigned Welch for a year. They're short-term guys. Like you know, eventually you're going to have to take another linebacker. Um, I guess the good news is, is, like we got Roquan for a long time, and to be honest, like that solidifies a lot. Like at that point, like you can put in like a, you know, a dime backer or whatever, you know what I mean? Like you could find other ways of, of getting creative to kind of uh, go back to like, you know, the, the other linebacker of committee or, you know, just use dime players a lot. Um, now that they have their mic, like that really solidifies a ton of things. I'm sure like we're not going to be having the same problems inside linebacker that we did the last couple of years because like Roquan's going to hide a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah. I love what you just said there, Chris. It makes me the, hesitant to even suggest the Ravens could spend a third round draft pick on one of these guys. I, I think it has to be four, maybe even five before you want to consider him. just because, you know, Roquan I think can cover up a lot of deficiencies for whoever's next to him. He's that kind of dude. And like you kind of invested in him to be that kind of dude. I, I feel like that's one of the values he gives you is he can elevate the guys around him to a higher level than maybe they could be independent. So I think it does deprioritize this position. You really have to find a, a the right need value alignment for the the selection to make sense but it can it definitely can later in the rounds for some of the right guys well to wrap things up um
1: we will exit our discussion with the position that i think wouldn't be terribly controversial to say is the least likely position uh that the ravens will draft and that would be safety and you know it's interesting you know there's a school of thought that could say okay sure we don't chuck clark it's gone now. You got Gino Stone back there, but you know maybe you want to try and find a, another free guy. You know you got Marcus Williams, but if he goes down again, Stone filled in admirably. But you are losing that something there with you know trying to find somebody who can play the center field role. Well, I'll admit I haven't looked at all the prospects yet, but there's this safe this safety class here is very strong on not those guys. A lot of guys who play in the box. Uh, in this draft. And there's a lot of good ones here. I think an interesting name that you look at is Brian Branch of Alabama. Likely not a player the Ravens will take. Seems very similar to Hamilton. Uh, even if you're looking at BPA, it, it, it seems like a hard sell to me. Unless, you know, the one thing that I have seen on, on some scouting reports is you're listing this guy more as a defensive back than as a pure safety. I've seen some float the idea that he could Play outside corner um but that's not what he was used at for alabama uh so i don't think he'd be a guy that the ravens would be targeting uh that said this guy is, is gonna be a stud in this league uh tackles excellently great in coverage um makes a has a couple picks on tape that he makes where he's just uh contorting his body in a way that you're just like and how did he get that ball um he's gonna make some fan base very happy um he's gonna be a great player in this league so I felt like including him because look, I could see a path that the Ravens would could talk themselves into him if he literally is the best player on the board at twenty-three. At the Ravens pick. I gotta stop saying what the Ravens pick is because I actually don't know. Don't Dude, it's twenty two
0: just like the Taylor Swift song. Just sing the song. I don't
1: time. know Taylor Swift at all, man. You know that about me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you should. It's a good song. <laughs>
1: I have loads of respect for Taylor Swift as as a musical artist. I think she's done a great job with her career. Um, I think she's very talented. It's just not music that does anything for me, and that's not me trying to be like a man or anything. It's literally just like like you know, if I liked the music, I, I would I would fess up to it. But like, it's just not my not my jam. But it doesn't do anything for me. Anyways, getting completely off topic here. Um, <laughs> So there's some interesting names later down in the draft. It could be like third, fourth round guys. Again, not likely the Ravens would do that. But, you know, there's some interesting guys here. You got J.K. Skinner from Boise State. Very punishing hitter. Kind of reminds you of Bernard Pollard in that sense. Not in the bashing the Ravens type way, but in the way that he hits. Though you look at that style and you're just like, man, that looks like it's going to draw flags in the NFL, but we'll see. Um Interesting that he was able to increase his interception total each year that he was in college. And then you got other guys here, uh, Jertavius Martin from Illinois, a little on the undersized side. But he could be someone who could play free, but he's also uh, was really great in run defense. Um, pretty good tackler. Uh, that's always something that we have to look at with the Ravens. We know that they've had early season tackling wolves quite a bit the past few years. Um, not perfect. There's definitely some of his highlights I saw was like, eh, uh, he didn't come into the hit cleanly or, you know, let the guy get some extra yardage. But overall, I thought his fundamentals were pretty good. Had a nice uh, play on his tape where he undercut a tight end on a on a seam route for an interception. Um, that was a pretty good play. And then the guy I really got to talk about, again, I don't think this guy is a fit for the Ravens right now, but got to talk about Jair Brown from Penn State University, because this guy ha- on his tape, like, kind of looks like Ed Reed. Light. You look at this guy; he's got ball hawking skills. He can rush the passer. Uh, he's great in space. His measurables, you know, what he did at the combine, didn't wow anyone terribly much. But I mean, Reed had the same thing. I don't think he clocked in terribly fast at the combine either. But you watch his tape, and there's some things there that that remind us of of that guy there. Uh, I think he's an interesting prospect regardless of where he goes. But yeah, I mean, you look at these guys and none of them look like um, must grab for the Ravens given where they are right now. And as far as like, you know, as much as Brian Branch looks great as a prospect, I think Kyle Hamilton last year was much more of a of a must get guy than he is. So I think it's a position that the Ravens will skip this year, but interested to hear Uh, if you guys have had a chance to look at any of these guys and what your thoughts are.
0: J.R. Brown's definitely a very interesting player. Uh, Definitely curious to see where he goes. Um, Wouldn't be too upset if they draft him because to me, he gives you the option to play Hamilton as a corner again. um, Hmm. You don't need to do that. You probably don't even want to do that. It seems like the Ravens do want to play him as a safety this year, but it's an option that it gives you. So, uh, one thing we didn't really talk about when we talked about corners is trying to find a slot corner. I think it's something the team could really use. And I think it's just really hard for me sometimes when looking at these players to figure out who best would fit as a slot. Sure. And like the NFL is changing too, where three safety looks is not too bad. So when I look at the safety position, you know, I'm trying to think to myself, who here could leapfrog Geno Stone? I think Stone's a good player. I could see us using three safety looks a lot with him this year so obviously you're trying to increase depth and um, I I think safety is a position they will use either a late round pick or priority in undrafted rookies to, to fulfill because it is a position that the Ravens do use a lot of gave away some of their depth by trading Clark and could be using some of their depth to fill a hole at corner so I definitely could see value of trying to find the right guy and these and safeties are the kinds of players we talked about stone and levine you can find them late and they can contribute so um, definitely looking to see if the ravens can find that right value there
2: right yeah i mean just from some of these guys we kind of sampled like i feel like i feel like because of what the ravens did last year with hamilton and the you know the signing of uh marcus williams i think it, it added a lot of talent that otherwise wasn't in that room to really raise the ceiling. And then now at that point, it's just filling in with role guys of like who can step in for a couple plays. And even with Gino stone. Yeah. It's like, you have a, you have a guy who've like already has proven who is going to be a good role player. So, you know, barring any injuries, obviously like those can happen. And you know, the Ravens will have to figure out, you know, what that situation looks like. Barring that. I kind of agree. Yeah. Like I, I feel like, I feel like personally, like I probably would not use a third, fourth, maybe a fifth, I guess if there was a guy that Ravens really liked, maybe um, use a pick like that for a safety, but just kind of given where the room is at right now, none of these guys, like i I've, like, none of these guys that we kind of have here, I'm saying like really seem to fill a void or would be, you know, prioritized for what the capital they have. So, um, you know, I mean, Jair Brown, like, sure, if he's, like, the next Ed Reed, like, I guess. Um, (laughs) But I I feel like another team would probably take a shot at him way earlier than the Ravens would, just given the room.
0: I mean, this kind of goes back to linebacker, too. You know, they invested in Williams, and then they fell backwards into Hamilton, and now they have one of the best duos in the league, and it's just really hard to see how you can um, insert another, even, like, mid-capital guy, given the other needs – and other things you might be looking for and how the draft might fall. Um, but there's always, you know, again, that's why I'm so curious about the draft. It's always unpredictable to see where players are going to go. Uh, I remember last year being stunned when the Patriots went on the board and drafted strange in the first round. Didn't think that was even possible. And then boom, it happened. So things like that happen. And then uh, the inverse happens too, where a guy you thought was great just falls for reasons. And sometimes there's an ethical that we didn't know about or, Something else that we didn't know about, but uh, always very interesting um, to see how the draft plays out.
1: So we we've ep- and did the last episode, and we've been doing this in the past too, of the guy that we've listed we think is the most likely to be a Raven um, that we've listed, and uh, you, you guys let me go first, so I, I'll, I'll take him. It's, it's a guy I think that a lot of Ravens fans would like, um, despite uh, his parentage, uh, Joey Porter out of Penn state. I could certainly see the Ravens taking him. Alec, you look like you disagree.
0: No, I completely agree. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not, not going to pick him. I know I'm going to pick. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, just in terms of position group, I guess I'll, I'll go ahead and throw this one out. Cause I think he'd be an interesting late, late, late round guy, uh, Gervon Dexter out of Florida defensive tackle. Yeah. I think, you know, he, he could be a guy I think you'd develop behind Broderick Washington. Um, you know, maybe a guy who could uh, start in a couple of years. I, I would say Mozzie Smith because he's from Michigan, like that connection. But honestly, like if the Ravens, they don't have a second-round pick, like that would be the spot I would take him. I've seen Mox like early second. If he fell a little bit more and we had a second-round pick, I'd say that's a lock <laughs> just for the Michigan connection. But uh, but Dexter, I think uh, I think he could be a late-round guy. who could maybe uh be a develop- developmental guy.
0: There are lots of corners that I could see it. get being, including Porter, Forbes, you know, we talked about all those guys, um, even later on guys like Rush, but I'm going to go with the guy who's like so low on the totem pole that the Ravens are going to just pull their shenanigans and be like, I want a team captain. So D. Winters, you know, we already knew that there was a linking to the Ravens. I'm going to go ahead and say that the Ravens like D. Winters and they pick him up. So that wraps up the show. Thanks so much for sticking with it. Lots of prospects we discussed and lots more. Uh, that are on everyone's board. So let us know who you like going into the draft. You can tell us on Twitter at OneWinningPod, or you can email us, onewinningpod at gmail.com. We'll be back hopefully next week with, uh, I think, maybe our last episode of the draft coverage talking about our Red Star players. Players we really think the Ravens could tackle and, and target at all tiers, They're kind of the best of the best. And hopefully, we can do that with Jason Smith from Huddle Up Films. But uh, we'll leave it at that. Go, Ravens, and we'll see you next week.